six-pack double feature presents Pick Six, where the guys round out a top five list with one extra. Horror, sci-fi, crappy sequels, all the titles you know and love. Plus beer. Tell us your picks, guys. Hey, buddy. Hi. How are you? I'm swell. Oh, you look a little thinner than normal. How's that fasting? I'm swollen. No, I... Okay. <laughs> She's dead. Wrapped in plastic. <laughs> I don't know why I went there. Well, because as we're recording this, it's just after February 25th when the anniversary of the first episode of Twin Peaks happened. Did my favorite gum come back in style? <laughs> Was it Juicy Fruit or Spearmint? Um, Bubble Delicious. No, they discontinued that. It was made out of whale fat. That's why I liked it so much. It's chewy. It's buoyant. It's good for your coat. I had a nice sheen going. <laughs> Charlie Sheen. <laughs> Winning. What is up, gang? I am not Christopher Reeve. And I'm not General Zod. <laughs> I am Travis. And I'm Nathan. I don't know why I went there. I'm Nathan. Sorry. I'm Nathan. <laughs> <laughs> it is six-pack double feature. This is pick six. This is our... We did the... Uh, we did the sci-fi. Marathon. Yeah, that was our season opener. And that was a fun episode. That was a fun little bit of extra work we did, <laughs> timing those out. And then we decided, hey, let's do more extra work. <laughs> let's do it again. Let's do a horror marathon. Um, so in the history of all my favorite horror hosts, Vampira, Sammy Terry, Elvira, Mistress of the Dark, or arguably the greatest ever, Joe Bob Briggs, we present you with our Pick 6 Horror Marathon. I for this. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is a hand-picked horror. Um, I freshly picked from your garden. Freshly uh, decayed. <laughs> uh, let me back up. Freshly decayed from the graveyard of your sister's soul. No. Uh, I didn't get all snooty with it because I'm weird about horror. I like horror, but I don't like like the the new and heredit- hereditary that came out a year or so. Ago. Those are different type. Of those are, those I, those hit me in a way that I don't like, and I, I get that that's you horror. It, they, they do, they do. Uh, now I've not seen it. I haven't either. But I know some. And in a year from now, when people are listening to this, they'll still realize I haven't probably seen it, and they'll still go pussies. <laughs> and you know what? I don't care. I like my horror like I like pizza. Um, as cheesy as possible and as cheap as possible. Okay. Now, that's not to say that I don't like good expensive, not expensive, but good quality. Like Silence of the Lambs, I don't consider that horror. Some do. It has a horror elements, but it's much more sure thriller, psychological. Yeah. 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 So I forget uh, off the top of my head what what I did with my sci-fi. For this one, I did no franchises, no part twos. I started Dark. Which uh, the time of year that I wrote this was about six thirty, so it's not in the uh, fall six, yet. Six, yeah, six. Well, <laughs> oh no, in the fall then it would be yes, could be fall. In or, the summer it would be like eight. <laughs> so yeah. yeah, for the sake of being horror, let's say it's fall, fall time. If you guys need to get a blanket, get a flashlight, get a gun, machete, oh. whatever you need, but uh, get protected, and we'll see you on the other side, Nathan. Get protected. <laughs> I got my Trojans. Go get the sheriff. I got my rubbers right here. What's your number six? My number six starts at six. And it is The Babysitter. It's on okay. Netflix. Okay. 
I think it was a Netflix original uh, made-for-TV movie, but it, you know, whatever. Netflix version of uh, it. Okay. It's basically the description is the events of one evening take an unexpected turn for the worst for a young boy trying to spy on his babysitter. The marathon that I thematically went with were, were those who like the idea of scary movies but also kind of want to laugh and keep the lights on. They don't okay. want to get – they don't need the blanket and the shotgun and the machete and the flashlight necessarily. Gotcha. I wanted – there's some scares. There's some obvious horror. Well-rounded. Blood and, but I wanted something that wasn't too deep and dark. Okay. So the first one is the babysitter. It's, it's Cole is struggling between staying a kid and being a teenager. I think he's 12 or 13 and – he struggles with dealing with bullies and girls, and the only solid thing in his life is his babysitter. He kind of thinks he's too old for his babysitter, but his babysitter is also uh, drop-dead gorgeous. So he, he makes an allowance. Right, he makes an allowance. His parents. Uh, so when his parents leave for the weekend, he thinks everything's going to be great. And since B loves him, and um, B is the name of his babysitter, uh, I don't know, I can't remember if it's short for something specific, but she goes by B in the movie. And uh, she sticks up for him, and so he she feels like a genuine friend. And the way you see it, she feels like she's a genuine friend. Uh, she's sweet, she's super hot, she's fun. Unfortunately, once he goes to bed, she brings her friends over, and they begin to perform uh, human sacrifice. <laughs> <laughs> And I want to kill everyone. everyone. Uh, and so it's got this great balance of humor, horror. It plays on a fair amount of like the, the 80s tropes. Uh, it's directed by McGee, who did like the first. Um, he did one of the. Well, he probably. He did the worst. He did the first Charlie's Angels. He's done some other Hollywood oh. stuff. He did. Okay, one so of he's, the, he's good at sending up an idea. Correct. Okay. He did. Terminator Salvation. Uh, yeah, I know. Um, but he's really good behind the camera. He's it's like a he's a he's a super slick kind of popcorn movie director. Sure. Yeah. A bit like Michael Bay to a degree, but a little better in Less my opinion. Less explosion machine. Right. But it's just it's fun. There's buckets of blood, there's humor, there it's just it's a good balance and it's a good way to start off my marathon and it'll run for about an hour and a half. Okay, till about eight o'clock. Um, mine's seven thirty. Okay, so I started mine. Uh, that sounds good, actually. Let me back up. That's that's. I like a good send up of the genre. So anybody who has Netflix, you can easily pull that one up because you can send up the genre and still be in the genre. Yeah, it was considerably better than what I would have thought when I. Is it still on Netflix? It. Yeah. Okay. It was because made it was, it was for an, Netflix, original, so it probably will be well, always yeah. there. Okay, pretty sure. Um, and I rewatched it. Less than two weeks ago to make sure that it still justified being on my list, and it did. It held up pretty well. My number six, uh, uh, I started at 6.30. My number six is the 1977 movie that asks and answers the question, what if a Nazi doctor, after the war, set up shop in the Caribbean and set about creating zombie Nazis? You cast Peter Cushing and uh, John Carradine. They both said, yeah, fuck it, let's do it. It's called Shockwaves. It sounds familiar, but... I'm, it is both great and terrible. <laughs> terrible or terrifying? Terrible. No, just <laughs> uh, it's a zombie movie, but the concept is interesting. Oh, it's a great. There's, <laughs> it's kind of a sleeper, uh, but it's a good way to limp into to limp into the marathon to limp okay. into the evening. It's a group of. It's just like any horror movie. A group of 
on a trip end up on this Caribbean island where this Nazi doctor has set up shop and he's trying to continue the Third Reich. Okay. Uh, but by reanimating the bodies of the dead and <laughs> they're zombies. And they can they can walk around underwater and because they're zombies. Yeah. They don't need to breathe. Yeah. Uh, there's some great like late seventies kills in it. I would love to note that I, I mentioned 1977 on purpose because uh, that same year, uh, Peter Cushing also starred in Star Wars. The The same year that Peter Cushing was Grand Moff Tarkin in Star Wars. He, he was, was hoping for a role in the second film. They're like, I was shaking my head like I'm Lex Luthor, <laughs> Miss Tessmacher and, his, and her mom. But, but Lex, my mother lives in Hackensack. <laughs> you can't You can't hear that. Sorry, you just have to accept the fact that we're impersonating Have you seen Gene Superman? Okay. Seen, yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's, it's, it's just one of those weird 70s horror movies where they're like, what can we do? Okay. It's called what again? Shockwaves. Shockwaves. This is the picture, one of the pictures I want you to share. Okay. Uh, the, and I've chosen the cover. It's so good. It, not a lot happens. Like there's not, you know, it's not a wisecracking killer like Freddy or anything like that. It's, it just takes place on this Caribbean island. And it's fun. It's fun. And I found that about 10 years ago, back when Netflix was like the Wild West of streaming, and that was the only thing you could stream movies on. And there were a lot of things that were streaming that you can't get on yeah, Netflix Yeah, you can't anymore. get now. And this yeah. is where I found it. And hmm. mother of God, was I was I not disappointed. Shockwaves. And, and horribly disappointed at the same time. Yes. Shockwaves, uh, that's my 630 to 755. Oh, uh, so it's... Oh, no, it's an about hour, an hour and, and a half. half. Okay. Hour and 25 minutes. Okay. That's my that's my number six, Shockwaves. What's your number five? Oh, hot dog, Tucker. Have you ever seen anything like that in your life? There's nothing so special about them. They're just your average college girls. Nothing average about that. You know something, Dale? She's just human. Why don't you go over there and talk to her? Talk to her? What? What in the world would I say? I don't know. Tell her that you got a vacation home. That'll probably impress her. Are you out of your mind, Tucker? These are college girls, okay? They grew up with vacation homes and guys like me fixing their toilets. You gotta have some faith in yourself, man. Girls can smell fear. Now, come on. You are a good-looking man. More or less. You got a damn good heart. Yep. I mean, that's two things right there. Now, go on. Get over there. What's the worst that can happen? You know something? You're right, Tuck. I'm gonna do it. All right. I'm gonna do it right now. All right, hold up, hold up, hold up. All right, no. Whatever you say, just smile and laugh. That shows confidence. Smile and laugh. Okay. Do it. All right. You guys, uh, going camping? Hey. Hey. Now, look, we don't want any trouble, all right? So just back off. Okay, 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 I'm sorry. Get in the truck. It's like a good-looking cooler. Uh... told you, Tucker. I'm a zero with the ladies. <laughs> I've never seen Tucker and Dale versus Evil, but I know 
enough about it. I've been told <laughs> enough about it. I know. <laughs> it's good. I, uh, Lisa actually enjoyed it quite a bit when I played it for her last it's week. It's a fun twist on the perspective of the killer versus the perspective of the victim. Yes, and it's kind of been described as... I said, this is not your typical hillbilly horror movie. This is more like Deliverance meets the Darwin Awards. <laughs> because you don't want to watch the trailer of the movie because it kind of gives away a lot of the kills. Right. Without, oh, okay. Yeah. But um, Tucker and Dale, are, they're sweet, kind, lovable, sorely misunderstood um, by the know-it-all city folk. And so uh, and all they want to do is just take some time off and make some repairs on their vacation home which is a dank old cabin in the woods that they that the college kids assume is probably their murder cabin. Right, right. So it's just the best way to describe how the horror occurs is, is really just a series of unfortunate incidences and everything um, – and everyone believes that it's Dale and Tucker that are either murdering these people or convincing them to kill themselves and, of course – Dale and Tucker are under the impression that all the college kids that have come out here, they're under like a, a suicide pact to all kill themselves while they're out here. It's got a good balance of humor. There's some bloody gore. There's some, you know, so there's some fright moments and, and suspense. But for the most part, it, it, it throws you off on what to expect with the movie. Yeah. Would it pair well with Shaun of the Dead in regards to how yes, it takes horror it's, and it's, comedy and sends it up? Correct. Okay. One is British, one is American. Yeah, obviously. one is British, one is American. Uh, a lot of people think, well, it's not going to it's not going to be as good as Shaun of the Dead. It's it's different slice. Sure. Different slice and, but still pairs well together in in that respect. It's got um, Steve the Pirate in it. <laughs> right. Arr, Steve the Pirate. <laughs> Uh, we love Alan Tudyk. He's great. What's great is he he's just walking up to go talk to these girls and he's holding a scythe. <laughs> you know, why walk over there holding that? There's no need to. I love that. Uh, so when you, when so it, you, you guys don't know this, whenever Nathan plays a clip, you I can, hear, I can hear only it. hear it just like you guys can only but hear it. But you hear him dragging it. I didn't even hear him dragging oh, okay. it. I just went, <laughs> you, you guys going up to the lake? <laughs> just smile and laugh. And so suddenly everything is taken out of context. I, yeah. Yeah. I guess uh, Lisa was looking up some trivia information on the movie while we were watching. He said apparently the the DVD or Blu-ray has a a version that has the whole movie from the perspective of the campers, and oh, so it's just that'd be awesome. So it's considerably darker because that'd be a you're, fun. That'd yeah, be a, fun be a fun pairing. way to yeah. watch it. Yeah. So yeah, my uh, my number five starts at seven thirty, runs for an hour and a half. Um, Tucker and Dale versus Evil. About ten years old now. So is that is that alternate version? Is that like a DVD Blu-ray extra? D- I think it's a DVD and Blu-ray extra. Yeah. Oh, that'd be so cool. Yeah. Okay. Let's see. I want to watch that. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, you can watch at least the original on Netflix right now. Well, yeah. A year from yeah. now, I can't guarantee anything. It is a rare thing indeed for me to like a remake better than the original. Uh, I've mentioned this movie before. Uh, my number five is the 1990 Tom Savini directed remake. Of Night of the Living Dead. Mm, okay. Um, the original Night of the Living Dead is uh, in in the same way that Texas Chainsaw Massacre surpass. They both surpass being a horror genre film and make a statement and make a a statement to the world about like, how filmmaking doesn't have to be within the confines of the studio system, right? Or you don't need a ton of money. You don't need actors. You just need people that will listen and people that believe in what you're doing. The original Night of the Living Dead is a classic. It is a pillar of horror cinema. It is great in that regard. Other than that, in my opinion, 
Shoot me if you want. It's not your favorite. It's boring <laughs> as day-old dry toast. The 1990 remake, the pacing is just, they just punched the pacing up like 25, 30%. There is an element with the original Night of the Living Dead that it takes 30 minutes to get going. going. Yeah, yeah. Kind of like when we were talking about um, Assault on Precinct 13 and how it's like, yes. man, yes. this 90-minute movie would be so much better if it was only 60 A 60-minute episode long. of Manics. Yeah. <laughs> so. Exactly. And the same thing can be said for this. And I probably suffer a bit from being a generation removed from it. I was a kid. I wasn't. I, I was a kid. I was ten years old when the the Savini remake came out, mm-hmm. and I'd never seen the original. So I saw the the nineteen ninety version first. It moves with a nineties pace, late eighties nineties pace. Uh, it has. They haven't invented a word yet to describe how awesome Tony Todd is, but whatever that word may be, does he still die at the end like the original? Yes. So the okay. word should include he's awesome as fuck up until the point like where, where he, he sacrifices gets... himself and then dies at the end. <laughs> Tony Todd. <laughs> Mr. Ben. Mouthful. Mr. Ben. Yeah. And it stays true to the archetype of making a black dude the hero and a woman the the secondary hero. Mm-hmm. Um, just like it did in 67. And it, it, it just punches up some of the tension. It's racial without having to be racial. Right. You know okay. what I mean? It just it, 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 it brings it from the late 60s up into the late 80s and just punches it up just, like I said, like 30%. The action's a little more. Well, the action's a lot more than it was in the 60s. But the interplay between the characters, the friction is a little more. The action is a little bit more. And the way it ends is just it's, – well, it's, it's the same. That's my number five. That is, man, probably one of my top ten favorite movies ever. Shockwaves went from 6.30 to 7.55. I took a 10-minute break to uh, pee, grab some snack food items, sat back down on the couch at 8.05. So 8.05 to 9.35. Um, I love that I just riffed on that and didn't read, read any of my notes. I took on <laughs> Night of Living Dead. Um, what's your number five? Number four. In fact, the only thing he was more obsessed with than killing zombies was finding a Twinkie. Something about a Twinkie reminded him of a time not so long ago. When things were simple and not so fucking psychotic. It was like if he got a taste of that comforting childhood treat, the world would become innocent again and everything would return to normal. What are you, prospecting? Jesus Christ. You are a dangerous man. You're going to risk our lives for a Twinkie? There's a box of Twinkies in that grocery store. Not just any box of Twinkies. The last box of Twinkies that anyone will enjoy in the whole universe. Believe it or not, Twinkies have an expiration date. Someday very soon, life's little Twinkie gauge is going to go empty. Time to nut up or shut up. So I'm sensing a pattern with yours. You've got a, a touch of the horror and a good helping of comedy to help it along uh-huh okay yeah now, Zombieland is a great fucking movie. yeah and i was pretty sure that i was going to be able to put together a marathon without any films having sequels until uh 2019 and Zombieland double tap came out you did this didn't have a sequel to when you, you're really? okay this oh, is okay. it's not your fault oh, okay have you seen the sequel no i haven't yet either no but um interested yeah same here yeah i'm sure it's close to the same vein uh not first. the uh last time this movie will come up this year. Oh, okay. Yeah. I'm going to leave it at that. Interesting. Yeah. All right. So, yeah, from uh, from 9 to about 10.30, Zombieland. The, I remember when it came out, 
I remember thinking like, okay, this is truly like an American Shaun of the Dead. Like, and it's not again. No, not at no, all. Not no, at all. It's, I mean, it's the same. It's the same idea. It's wickedly funny, like much funnier than you would have thought it to the, be. This movie is is almost. It's it is the perfect blend of action, horror, and comedy. Right, and it doesn't linger around much. Bill I, fucking Murray. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you you forget how I mean this movie plays so fast. Oh, it's quick, dude. I watched it twice the previous year like unexpectedly. It's just like I needed to put something on. I was, you know, cooking dinner or whatever. I need something to just play in the background. Oh, I'll just put it on Zombieland. It's on, you know, Netflix right now or whatever and just let it play and realize, "Oh, damn, that movie's about over already." Yeah, this movie doesn't just, fuck around no, with it, it, it. There's no languishing. Like you learn your characters quick. Like I mean, he's he's a dude. He's a great narrator. Mm-hmm. Uh, his rules. I love the animations. How they double tap. Uh, always have a key. Always have an exit strategy or whatever. Yeah. His, all of his rules are. <laughs> always wear your seatbelt. Always wear your seatbelt. They're so. It's so good, man. That's a great pick. Emma and you got Emma Thompson. Uh, Emma Emma Stone. Emma Stone. Why is it Emma Thompson? And I hell, totally at this point in history, Abigail Breslin is uh, she's she's yeah. gorgeous now. Yeah. Um. There's there's a good amount of gore. It's short and sweet. It's part road movie, part horror flick, uh, part, part dark, action movie, yeah, part action movie, part dark comedy. Um. Yeah. It's just it's a good blend of all of those things. It kind of. I don't know if it rekindled um, Woody Harrelson's career, but it kind of seemed like it did. Like brought him back into like a uh, hey, I can do hey, fun remember? stuff yeah. too. It's not all three three billboards outside Ebbing, Missouri for me. Uh, a friend of mine from back home is originally from Virginia, uh, low country, uh, moonshine still Virginia area. She's like, I'm making moonshine run, and I was like, girl, that's badass. And she goes. Yeah, I'd feel a lot more badass if I wasn't in a Kia Soul. <laughs> and I said, paint a three on the door. <laughs> <laughs> That's a great pick, dude. I didn't even think of that one. So about 9.45, taking a little bit of a, a pee break, grab a snack and uh, maybe a drink. Um, I go with, are you familiar with the Hammer movies? I know of the Hammer movies. If you guys listening don't know, Hammer was a British uh, film studio in the late 60s, 70s. They did schlocky, weird, almost softcore porn type, sexy, sort of weird gas station horror movies or petrol station horror movies. Yeah, it wouldn't be a petrol station. Um, and one of my favorites. Petrol station horror movie is? Dracula AD 1972. <laughs> such, a, <laughs> such a stupid and brilliant title at the same time. So, which Dracula? Well, Dracula AD 1972, obviously. Yeah, duh. When did, when did it come out? Uh, 1975. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, what if uh, what if Shakespeare was on Cinemax, but it was in the 60s or 70s, is basically what it is. Shakespeare wrote a Dracula movie, and it was on Cinemax in the 60s or 70s. Mm. Almost, it's De Palma-esque, dude. really okay. is. Like, the camera work, I'm not giving you shit either. <laughs> it's, De, it's De Palma-esque. Um, Peter, again, Peter Cushing is in it. Um, he's in a lot of Hammer movies. Um, Dracula and Van Helsing are fighting in the beginning in the uh, late 19th century, and they both die, but Dracula comes back to life in the early 70s in swinging old London town. And it goes back and forth between 19th century and 20th century. There's not a lot to it. <laughs> I won't say it's rapey, but Peter Cushing definitely gets kind of rapey with this chick. 
it's, parts of it are kind of hard to watch because it's from a, it's from almost fifty years ago now, from a time period that it was okay to be it kind was of okay rapey. to be kind of rapey at that time. Yeah, we don't justify it. It's just let's, let's stop talking about it. It is what it was. I guess. Uh, okay. <laughs> other than Peter Cushing, there's no one of any name in it. In fact, I think the guy's name is Alucard. Alucard. The main character's name is Alucard, which is Dracula spelled backwards. Oh, okay. Yeah. Look into Hammer films if you don't. If you're not terribly familiar with Hammer, I'm familiar with screwdriver films or no. saw films. Saw. No. Oh, get it. I do. <laughs> get out. I'll finish the episode by myself. Uh, Let me see your list. <laughs> yeah, Dracula AD 1972. Give it a look. It's on. If it's not on Netflix, it's definitely on Amazon. It's worth the three bucks. That is my 9.45 to 11.21 p.m. selection. So at about 10.30, you're uh, digging down into the sofa for, all right, you're in for the long haul. You got three more movies. You're probably going to be there for a little while. But it's okay because you got Michael J. Fox at the helm with The Frighteners. Okay, okay. 1996. It's just, was it 96? Yeah. Shit, I thought it was like 94. <laughs> Like that makes that much of a difference. That's a decent chunk of time. Okay, whatever. <laughs> Shit, I thought it was 1972. I think with this one, it's just, you, you kind of downshift, take a trip back into the mid-90s and watch Michael J. Fox in his last feature film. This was his last one. Then he did Spin City. And then uh, before Peter Jackson really hit it big with Lord of the Rings, he made this film. And while it's light on blood, it's just a really fun, haunting ghost story. I think Ghostbusters meets, like, a serial killer who done it where Frank Bannister who's played by Michael J Fox uh believes that a serial killer uh from the 1960s has made his way back into the present and is continuing to bolster his kill numbers. It is uh Starkweather, correct? Um Charlie Starkweather? Yes. Yes it is. Played by um Horse Teeth McGill Cuddy. <laughs> Gary Sarah. Busey, Jake Busey's son. Uh, Jake Busey's son. Gary Busey's son, Jake Busey. I was going to go, wow. uh, what the fuck is her name? You don't like horse tooth McGillicuddy? No, I do. Uh, I just remember her from <laughs> Sex in the City. Not, um, that's horse face McGillicuddy. I'm sorry. Oh, I'm sorry. What was I thinking? Matthew Broderick's wife. No, she's not in this. The fuck is her name? Tell Sarah me her Jessica name. Sarah Jessica Parker? Yes, that's it. Jesus. That's all I wanted from you was her, her name. name. Her name Give is not Jesus. Give me her name. Do I really have a face like a horse? Uh, <laughs> that's horse face McGillicuddy. Oh, 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 oh. Um, it's, it's relatively lighthearted. There's moments of horror, but most of it is just atmospheric with some really creative visuals. Uh, it's more R on a... Not on a graphic level is more subject matter, so. But yeah, it's. Uh, uh, so I filmed I, in New Zealand. Did well. it really? Yeah, they make it look like it's the U.S. and it's hard to tell that it would be the U.S. It almost kind of looks like a, not like a movie set, but it it has a Tim Burton esque feel to it. it the does. score was done by Danny Elfman. It was produced. That's what gives it that. It was produced by um, Robert Zemeckis. He wanted to make the film but then couldn't because he was had contractually obligated to do something else and so he chose to film it and he gave the script to the reason Peter jackson to do because i thought it was kind of a kid movie until i watched it and it's still like it's not childish but it's right. it's definitely more family friendly it's a family friendly horror movie wouldn't call it, i wouldn't call <laughs> no. it, i wouldn't call it a it's 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 a it's, family friendly frightener movie it's on That's par why it's with, called the frighteners it's on par with beetlejuice yes both are Danny Elfman score. It's very kind of similar. Scary, and, yeah. weird. Have some intense kind of scenes, but they're, it's not horror, correct? Uh, per se, but okay. 
I just I, I remember it being earlier. I, I, I would have said ninety three, ninety four. It didn't um, do well in the, in the it, I know it didn't do well um, theatrically, but it kind of had an additional. Uh, Arlie Ermey's in it. Yes, playing basically a ghost, his ghost self version. Staff Sergeant yeah. um, Hartman. Hartman <sighs> pulled that out of my ass. Um, no, that's good. Um, my number three about eleven thirty. Fired up. Go back to nineteen ninety nine with arguably the first found footage horror movie. The Blair Witch Project. Oh, interesting. This this was the hot shit movie that year. Okay. If you don't remember, a lot of you do. I saw this in the theater. My girlfriend and I at the time went to see it in the theater. Uh, I remember being scared out of my ass. Uh, and I always drove. There was um, there were two little towns between my town and the town where you could go see movies. It was the longest drive home. It was about thir- no, it was about 30 minutes. No, I mean, um, it was the longest drive home because after seeing no, that. No, 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 I'll oh. get to it. Oh, I'm sorry. Okay. So the one little town, uh, I would get pulled over for speeding. Um, so I just, I went, instead of going straight, I would turn down a country road and go a couple miles and then cut across. If you guys back home You know, took a long cut rather than a no, short No, it, it was the same amount of time. Okay. Um, instead of just going down 32, you guys back home, I would, I would, I would go around Parker. I wouldn't drive through Parker or farmland. I would cut through Parker and Farmland. Uh, Farmland is the name of a little town, too. So is Parker. Um, and they're both little towns. <laughs> Riveting. Anyway, <laughs> turned down the country road, and I, I got about a half mile down country road, and my headlights went out. Ugh. Uh, right? Yeah. There you go. Nighttime. Okay. We'd just seen the Blair Witch Project. I mean, I knew where I was. There was a yeah. house on the corner. Still. But- I'm going to so, gather there's not a lot of ambient light in the area there were, either. There were like uh, sodium lights every okay. whip stitch on somebody's farm. But yeah, and there were no, there were no street lights. <laughs> so <coughs> fucking headlights in my Al Bundy car just go out. So I get out and <laughs> beat on the hood. Like, wah, Fonzie it. Nothing. Nothing. They won't come on. So I'm like, fuck. All right. So it's the car cur- running, but bl- car no running. lights. No lights. Curse of the Blair Witch. All right. Fuck. Well, I really don't want to. S- okay. Sit well, it's, here a, it's and- a nice moonlit night out here in the middle of nowhere, so I can see enough by if I just go drive like, by moonlight. Yeah, pretty much. Did so you have to if, stay off the moors. <laughs> you do. Yeah, you do. You stay off the cornfields. So I just I'm going like 15 miles an hour. I'm like, okay, well I'll get to town, and I guess if I get pulled over, it's like I'm not drunk. I'm not high. I'm not fucking headlights just went out. I'm just trying to get home. Um, all of a sudden, the headlights just came back on. I'm not making that up. And then fast forward six months um, at my friend's house. We're watching TV. Taking Shit commercial comes on. And Heather from the Blair Witch Project, who we were told died, is in a Taking Shit commercial. Did you not realize when you saw this that while it was a found footage that it was all bullshit? I'm from Indiana, man. Oh, we're so, not, we're so not smart. So you're saying is, is you yes. didn't have the internet. <laughs> we had the internet, but it was 1999 internet. Dial-up internet was horrible. Yeah. Uh, I believed it was real. I thought it was real until I went to, the, like, within, like, a day, uh, finding out it was all just um, viral marketing, you know. And, and that's Brilliant. Why, that's why I chose it in oh. that regard. And those the, well, and the other, the other reason is the uh, Josh, Heather, and I forget the third guy's name. Bill. Sure, Bill Johnson. I, Bill I Johnson. They, uh, as far as I know, as far as it's been led on to, were led on to believe they didn't know they were being fucked with. They were just told they were making a documentary or whatever. So all the weird shit happened into the tent, 
Right. The producers were fucking with him, throwing things at him, fucking with him at night. Like, you ever go camping with your dad and a couple of buddies? <laughs> and they t- yeah. yeah. They take you snipe hunting and that shit. Mm. It was kind of an uh, exaggerated version of that. So their reactions are real to to a point. So in that regard, it is the first, best, and in my opinion, really only found footage horror movie that... That really works. Yeah. Yeah. Because anything after that's an imitation. Yeah, I, I agree. Um, the only other one I would I would probably put in the same vein, but not horror, but more suspense and sci-fi-ish would have been like Cloverfield. The first Cloverfield was kind of like that. I was afraid of the camera work in that because I was afraid it would make me sick. Yeah. Like nauseous. Is, that's what happened with Lisa and... Um, Blair Witch. It's like she has to either she has to watch on a big screen, or she has to watch on a small screen. If one exacerbates it, so I, I think it's small screen. She has to watch it. On. It should be noted, you guys, that Nathan's wife gets uh, very bad migraines. Yeah, and uh, she's got motion sickness. And this thing would fuck with that. Yeah. So I totally get that. Um, I get them too. But when I went and saw Blair Witch, I was. I bought into this has got to be. There's a special on the Sci-Fi Channel. There's like that. 30 yeah, they minute fucked thing. you, man. They oh made you, yeah, they 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 went There's, all fucking. They went all out, dude. They knew what they were doing. It's never been done like that. You can't before or since or since you can't. Chainsaw Massacre could be argued kind of like that. The way I that they had John Marquette's narration play it up that way, but yeah. But man, I went and saw that in the theater with a couple of buddies and came back. And my friend was like, I don't want to drive home. Can I crash here? Because <laughs> he lived he like lived 30 or SoCal, dude. He lived 30 to 45 minutes away and he didn't want to deal with I it. I don't want to drive like, through the haunted beach well, of Redondo. We went, yeah. we went and saw, I think it was a midnight showing as well. So it was already, cool. you know, two in the morning. That's cool. And so when we got home, he just, we just both like sat and talked in like the living room. Our living room was on the opposite end of the rest of the house. So it was kind of separate from everywhere else. So you could kind of yeah. chill without disturbing or bothering your your parents or, or whatever. Let's this watch was, Andy Griffith. Yeah. That'll be nice and innocuous. Yeah, we... yeah. I need something to cleanse my palate. I, I truly never... Because it was freaky. I never felt more cheated and more dumb than when I saw that Steak and Shake commercial and saw that <laughs> same actress in it. I stood up at a friend's house. What? I did basically like they this shot fucking, it before. That's her from the movie. They're like, what? And I'm like, that's fucking Heather from Blair Witch. Pull when was the last time you watched it? Has it been Bl- no, Blair that, Witch? That, what year when, is this? 21 years so ago. <laughs> on, no, I've I, think, seen I, think the, I think the replay value is there. I think I I've, just am still burnt by <laughs> feeling like a fucking idiot. I purposefully wanted to get that on video, but then it was like I was scared to want to put it in and watch it just because it's. That last scene is fucking still yes. creepy, dude. Yes. It's so good. But I think what I really like about it is it's there's just as many it's very polar. It's a very polarizing movie because there's so many people that watch it go, That's fucking stupid. Yeah, you're scared. Who's dumb? You're, you're scared either, is or, why you're saying that. Or it does nothing for you because you have a lack of imagination sometimes too. Sure. And that's also where you can't get inside your own head to go, oh, maybe this shit was real. Yeah. Then, I, hope course, those, I hope those three kids got making... I hope those kids got fucking points on the back end of that. Uh, yeah, because for a movie that cost them less than thirty grand to make and it made like a hundred, hundred and fifty million dollars. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I hope so too. I think they did. I hope they did. I hope they did. Blair Witch. That's uh so you spend your paycheck at steak and shake. Famous for steak burgers. <laughs> <laughs> What's your number two? So, what's the plan? Right. We take Pete's car, we drive over to Mum's, we go in, take care of Philip. I'm so sorry, Philip. Then we grab Mum, we go over to Liz's place, pull up, 
have a cup of tea and wait for all this to blow over. Why have we got to go to Lizzie's? Because we do. But she dumped you. I have to know if she's all right. Why? Because I love her. All right, gay. I'm not staying there, though. Why not? If we hole up, I want to be somewhere familiar, I want to know where the exits are, and I want to be allowed to smoke. Okay. Take Pete's car, go round Mum's, go in, deal with Philip. Sorry, Philip. Grab Mum, go to Liz's, pick her up, bring her back here, have a cup of tea, and wait for all this to blow over. Perfect. No, 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 wait, we can't bring her back here. Why not? Well, it's not exactly safe, is it? Hmm, yeah. The state of it. Where's safe? Where's familiar? Where can I smoke? Take on. Go to Mum's. Kill Phil. Sorry. Grab Liz. Go to the Winchester. Have a nice cold pint and wait for all this to blow over. How's that for a slice of fried gold? Yeah, boy. Fucking great pick, dude. <laughs> God damn. Yeah, motherfucker. Yeah, motherfucker. <laughs> yeah, I was wondering if you would go Shaun of the Dead. We talked about it a few times already. Yeah, we Just have. Touch, touched on it. But it's low budget, high comedy masterpiece. Um, the perfect movie. It is. And I figured it's like, it, yeah. At 12.30, you're starting to get a little sleepy. You need something to kind of pick you up. You need something funny. While also weirdly suspenseful. Because, slice of fried gold. Yeah, it is a slice of fried gold. Just like that plan. Sorry. Sorry, Phil. Sorry, Phil. <laughs> uh, relying heavily on a brilliantly written script where uh, Sean slowly wades into a cesspool of zombies all around him, the biggest strengths in this film is his friendship with Ed and his absolute determination to save his ex-girlfriend. <laughs> the humor is sharply executed, penned by Edgar Wright and Simon Pegg, and it's just... It's a great first century into his uh, Coronetto trilogy. What? You know? Edgar Wright and that whole set of people. Have you ever watched Spaced? Yes. Okay. What they do is they take American, holy American cinema and ideas like Die Hard and Night of the Living Dead, Dawn of the Dead, uh, action movies and shit like that. And they take them and they synthesize them through British Set of values. Sensibilities. <laughs> right. Yeah, yeah. And, and, and <laughs> British culture. And for the most part, things line up. But every now and again, slot A has to go through tab B. There's no guns in Britain. Right. Except the Winchester, the rifle at the bar. So you don't have a bunch of hillbillies running around with guns. You've just got people with cricket bats and shit. I love little twists like that in that movie. How are they going to defend themselves? Well, they'll throw records. <laughs> Sign of the Times? No. Bat Dance? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh, that was that's first a... pressing. What was he? <laughs> I don't remember. I don't remember either. Pet, it was Pet Shop Boys, Maybe, I think. Maybe, I don't know. <laughs> it's so good. She's so drunk. <laughs> oh, man. Oh, that's yeah. a good pick. And you could argue, I would, I would argue that Hot Fuzz is a horror movie. It's bloody enough it's, and violent and kind of like suspenseful enough. Yeah. But it plays on the action end of the spectrum when Correct. what they're doing. But yeah, it is kind of horror esque. I never thought about it like, yeah, like that. It more but suspenseful right. kind yes. of. Yes, not a but, monster but thing. But it's a, got some yeah. gore in it that you are unexpected. Man, they will take the comedy right up to the point where they need to stop the comedy and get real, and then Sean's mom dies, and then it's a 
fucking tearjerker for yeah. a minute, dude. So yeah, I figured at twelve thirty you're gonna start to get a little sleepy. You need something to kind of pick you up, and that'll run you until almost two thirty. So my last movie will start at about two fifteen in the morning. Okay. So so I went from Dracula eighty nineteen seventy two. It was about nine forty five to eleven twenty one. Um, then I picked up at eleven thirty with a Blair Witch Project. So Blair Witch goes from eleven thirty to twelve fifty one. Maybe a Jolt Cola, and do you want to talk about? Do you want to talk about staying grabbing all the things? You know what? Actually, I did. I grabbed several things I want because I'm not leaving the couch till this one's over because this one scares me. Um, this could be a Christmas movie. It's Black Christmas. Have you seen Black Christmas? You, you watched that not too long ago. Correct? I did. I did. I know and we talked. Black Christmas is fucking scary. Uh, here's why Black Christmas is scary to me. All the Freddy Kruegers and the Jasons and the Michael Myers and the uh, make believe. Correct. Well, I mean, they're b- b- sure they're make believe, yes. but the monsters that jump in front of you and go, Whoa, "I'm a fucking monster!" are great. Yes, because you know, okay, that's what I'm dealing with. I can run, or I can fight it, or I can fuck it, or whatever to to <laughs> alleviate it. it. But the killer in Black Christmas uh-huh. is hiding. He hides. You never see him. You only see his eyes, and you hear his voice. Okay, and it's a disembodied voice on a phone, and the phone is coming from inside the house. Uh, just another, which is one that I have not. Else you, yeah, I've not actually. I did not use that movie. I know you let me borrow it. Yeah, I watch it again. You want to get rid of it? No, I don't want to get rid of no, it. No, it's, the, it's a it fucking. It's a. What's it it's called? A, when a stranger when a stranger calls, calls and when a stranger calls back, I turn into a, a, a child. Of, yeah. yeah, it scares the fuck out of me. Weird, terrifying voices on a phone. You don't know who it is. You don't know what their motive is. You don't know where they are. You, they could be in the next room. They could be three continents over. You don't know. Killers calling from inside the house. The entire time, he is, he says some raunchy shit to Margot Kidder. Yeah. Oh, Margot Kidder's in this. Okay. Yeah. She's drunk most of the time. Um, when they were shooting or offset? Both. Um, <laughs> it was part of um, either this year or last year's um, uh, Shutter Joe Bob's Bloody Christmas mm-hmm. on um, Amazon. Dude, truly, I mean, there's some there's some dull parts to it where it's like get to it. Uh, you're not developing the character. You're just I'm just watching this girl get her mail, kind of thing. But then she comes back and slowly, one by one, her her housemates are dying at Christmas break, and he's stashing them all in the attic. And it ends on a fucking like a mind fuck kind of. The phone starts ringing again. Okay, because they don't catch him at the end. Spoiler: If you haven't seen it, it's from 1973, I think, 73, 74. They don't. They don't ever catch him. So, and there's a there's one of those um, Huskerdo moments of um, like Silence of the Lambs. Oh, okay. Uh, John Crawford and and the boys are they're going to catch Buffalo Bill. And they're at his house in Calumet City, Illinois. Boom. Yep. Nope. Clarice is there <laughs> and she's by herself. It's one of those. Uh. You think you catch the killer and it ain't the killer. Like I said, it's a bit of a slow burn. But for its time, that. But for its, yeah. uh, but for its, but yeah, it's exactly that's our problem in this day and age. We don't let movies build to a point to a, to a fever pitch, if you will. And Black Christmas does that. It could lose, it could lose ten minutes, or it could punch up ten minutes. Mm-hmm. It's fucking creepy, dude. Black Christmas. That's my number two. Uh, that takes us to about two thirty eight in the morning. Because I'm doing my horror movies. I'm doing them from from evening till dawn. Or close to it. I'm doing it from 6.30 till question mark, babe. <laughs> <laughs>
My last one clocks in at about 2.15. Your last one um, is two hours and 15 minutes long or starts at 2.15 in the morning? Starts at 2.15. Okay. The hair dye. Dumb blonde. Very artistic. Works its way into the blood through the scalp. Very gradual. Kim department keeps their end up. I'll see it when I believe it. Control? Yeah, go ahead. Uh, I have the harbinger on line two. Oh, Christ. Uh, can you take a message? Uh, I don't think so. He's really pushy. Um, to be honest, he's kind of freaking me out. Okay, put him on. Mordecai, baby, what's happening? How's the weather up top? The lambs have passed through the gate. They are come to the killing floor. Well, you're, you're doing a great job out there. By the numbers, man, you gotta start it off just right. So we'll talk to you later, okay? Their blind eyes see nothing of the horrors to come. Their ears are stopped. They are the gods' fools. Well, that's how it works. Cleanse them. Cleanse the world of their ignorance and sin. Bathe them in the crimson of... Am I on speakerphone? No, absolutely not. Speakerphone, no. No, I wouldn't do that. Yes, I am. Oh my god, you're right. Hang on one second, I'll take you off. That's rude. I don't know who's in the room. Fine, there. You're off. Thank you. Don't take this lightly, boy. It wasn't all by your numbers. The fool nearly derailed the invocation with his insolence. The ancient ones see everything, and they will not be... I'm still on speakerphone, aren't I? <laughs> I have no idea what that is. Uh, the Cabin in the Woods. Oh. From it's 2011. Starting at, when I say clocks in at 2.15, I mean it starts at 2.15. I was not clear in no. that respect. It's not a two hours and 15 minute movie. Could be. It's, this one's not. But it's just five friends go for a break at a remote cabin where... They get more than they've bargained for, discovering that the truth behind the cabin in the woods, and it's the it's very meta. It it makes fun of horror at the same time while trying to revitalize the genre at the same time, and it it plays on every single trope. While these these five kids go to this cabin, and they just think they've been invited to this cabin to do you know cabin, cabin shit, thing. cabin shit, smoke weed, fuck, right, take a shower, I'll, right, washing your butt, then <laughs> everywhere else. Uh, but it throws it on its head because what what's going on behind the scenes is this detailed operation where they've discovered, number one, that they're trying to perform this final sacrifice in order to keep this giant demon, whatever, end of times at bay. Everywhere else it has failed, and so the last shot is at the cabin in the woods okay. in the United States. And they're trying to get this to USA take USA. place. It never pulls any punches. It starts out with what's going on behind the scenes as it follows these two engineers uh, that are trying to complete some type of sacrifice, uh, uh, ritual sacrifice. But it's just, it's, it's, it's a great level of horror and humor, making fun of the entire genre and throwing it on its head at the same time. Sure. That was Bradley Whitford, is who you probably heard and did not. You recognized the voice, but you didn't realize it. Did you see that guy's balls? They were weird. weird I always looking. get that line wrong. 
For I was going to say they were old looking, and I'm like, no, that's not. For right. anybody that wanna... doesn't know, real quick, Bradley Whitford is a really good dude in real life. <laughs> he and his wife, but um, he has weird looking balls. He and his wife um, give to so many charities. The mom and Malcolm in the Middle. Malcolm in the Middle. Yeah, they're really good people. They play buttholes on on TV and movies really well. Mm-hmm. But uh, we also play endearing characters too. At the same time, they can do. I either or. He did a but, little weasel laugh of his. Like, <laughs> how does that go again? Like, <laughs> yeah, that's it. It does. <laughs> um, yeah, that's, that's Billy Madison right there. I'm I forgot. Sorry. That's good. Uh, this the film is very meta. It's self aware and and it just plays really well. There's also buckets and buckets of blood. Sweet. It's super gross in that respect. With a surprise ending. Are there good kills? As well, good kills in it. Yeah, there's good kills, but there's also just a lot of gratuitous violence and blood. What and do you gore. What do you consider a good kill in a horror movie? I have two criteria. If you'd like, I can go first. And I would imagine that it would be the invent- inventiveness of the kill itself uh-huh. and what they use would be and for how me, they use it. I guess for me, a good kill is either it's one of two reactions. A good kill is either like oh. Gut reaction? Yeah. Or <laughs> or maybe a weird, if you want to do a third, some combination of the two. Of like, both. oh, his head came <laughs> off. Oh, now he's, oh, he's spanking it like a basketball. Oh. <laughs> Those are, that's what I consider a good kill. The one uh, that always comes to mind is it's in Jason X, which is, uh, it's a comedy. It's Jason in space. Right. When he's in the holodeck, basically, and he's got the two uh, topless co-eds in the sleeping bag, and he's just bashing them against the tree <laughs> in the sleeping bag, which is a callback to one of the, I think it's part two. He's it's just They're not dying because they're holographic mm-hmm. images, and he's just bashing the sleeping bag against the tree. And it's funny. Yeah. Well, what's fun with this movie is how much it just makes fun of itself, of the genre. Sure. The, the kids go down, the college kids go down under, into like the... The cellar door opens and they go down. There's a ton of different weird trinkets. And it's a matter of which trinket they open access is to what decides their fate that's going to come and kill them all. So that's my number. That's my number one. Your number one. That's my final film, probably ending at around 4 o'clock in the morning. Um, Starting at 3 a.m. I took a 20-minute break here. I, Hoping I, you didn't fall asleep. I took, actually, I took a page from your... Your book, You Magnificent Bastard. And I went horror comedy. I don't know if you've seen this one. I know uh, show, longtime show alum, Senator Johnson. Uh, this is a favorite of his. I chose the 1981 uh, very indie horror comedy, first of the horror comedies, Student Bodies. No. Have you ever seen it? Uh-uh. I'll let you borrow that, too. Um, it's the first, fuck, it might even be 1980. Very low budget, very for being a horror comedy, it's the way it's shot, it's it's creepy. It sends up all the spoofs of the slasher movies that had that had come to pass by nineteen eighty, nineteen eighty one. Okay. Like it opens up with uh, it opens up like a shot on this house and it says Friday the thirteenth, Halloween, Jamie Lee Curtis's birthday. So it's all <laughs> on the same day. Uh it it, it very purposely takes the <clears throat> like takes like, piss out like of, cabin in the okay. woods takes the piss out of all the tropes. It's the last day of school, the big dance, the big game, and you wonder through the most of the movie. Who, and it for the in its defense, it it, it it lets you wonder who who is the killer, and then it tells you who the killer is, and it's cool. 
It's not National Lampoon. It's National Lampoonish, but not doesn't have their money. Filmed in Austin, Texas. It's a Kentucky Fried horror movie. There's More definitely references being? to Kentucky Fried movie and shit. Okay. Um, they're lit like it's a straight horror movie. Okay. Like a suspense All movie. Right. So it's it's it, it feels really creepy. It feels there's there's spots of it that give me chills. Maybe I'm a pussy. I don't know. <clears throat> Student bodies. That's how I'm ending my horror marathon. Um, I don't have an out time for that, but it starts at three in the morning. So so when you're done, it's time to go to bed or, or, or get up and start work. Start, <laughs> start, or work. you could get up and start your sci-fi marathon <laughs> if you wanted. Um, Watch that. No, I'll let you borrow it. Okay. I have a, I have a. There was this dude. Okay, you might remember him from Best Buy. His name was Lenny. He would come in. He would buy a DVD set and then come back like later that day or two days later and return it. And say it was scratched or some shit. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure that's what it was. You remember him? Not necessarily, but I'm pretty sure I know what his scam was. What scam, Nathan? <laughs> yeah, so, scratched. Well, guess what? <laughs> All you can do is exchange it yeah, for the so, same thing. Well, oh, you guys are sold out. Oh shit! I'll take a gift card. Yeah, and what he was doing? He was burning the shit. He was. Yeah, no, he was. So, see, Nathan, there's some dishonest people out there. Anyway, um, I have two bootleg DVDs in there that he burnt me. One is Student um, Bodies, and the other is called It Came from Hollywood, which is a uh, like borrow that too if you want. That's all right. No, it's great. It's a uh, not really. It's a. I don't support pirate pirates. He's not a pirate. He's a fat guy from Jersey. <laughs> you know, it's my cousin Jerry. Anyway, He's not wearing an eye patch. Yeah, he made me. Uh, he made me a copy of Student Bodies, um, which I and fuck it to his credit, you can't find it anywhere. So he found the shit and burned it for me because I never. Yeah, and they returned the one copy they put in print, and we had to send it back Devo to whatever <laughs> warehouse. You remember that? <laughs> I don't. And all of a sudden, you guys. Now we're back to 2006, where Nathan is my boss. All of a sudden, and he's yelling at me for. <laughs> Letting some guy steal DVDs. God. Uh, such a dick. He wasn't doing anything, anything dishonest. He bought the DVD, took it home, ripped it into his computer, and then brought dishonest. it back and right. returned it. Mm. I mean, he returned it for store credit, which he kept. Lenny, if you're listening, uh, Austin knows Lenny. <laughs> Austin, I know you're listening, motherfucker. You know Lenny. <laughs> you remember him. He would come in every fucking Tuesday. New release Tuesday. Bought. Bet y'all everything being released on digital now has uh, really ruined his ability to make copies of shit. Or he Torrent. continues to market to people like me that want physical copies of out of print or never were in print weird early 80s low budget horror comedy <laughs> movies. Yeah, I got uh, I got Titty Monsters Volume 2. <laughs> What titty. about one? Yeah, that that's, you can't find that one. If you Jap- find titty, if you Japanese find, import, yeah, if you find Titty Monsters Volume One, you let me know, and we'll go into business together," <laughs> said Lenny to Travis. Travis said, "Okay, USA." <laughs> <laughs> oh, good God, kids! I hope you enjoyed our horror marathon, uh, or Nathan's horror comedy marathon, and my slightly pirated uh, back <laughs> shelf of the Goodwill horror marathon. <laughs> um, I'd do another one of these, yeah? Yeah, I think I would too. I think I'd do another sci-fi one as well. I don't know if we will do it next year. No, but no, it'll be later. Yeah. It'll be later. But this will be this will be fun to do again. Because I had at least, we talked about it before, we had at least a leftover amount of movies for our sci-fi that we could have put on another sci-fi. And if you, guys aren't, if you guys aren't watching it, on Amazon, on the Shutter channel is, uh, do you remember Monster Vision on TNT mm-hmm. back in the day? Yeah. 
that it's called Joe Bob's Last Drive-In now. A couple seasons and many seasons, holiday-themed seasons, of some really good, uh, weird shit. And sometimes not good shit on there. Yeah. But check that out. And support the genre. Horror is great. Horror is good. That's why it still exists. All right, gang. We'll be back next week. I'm not sure what the hell we're talking about next week. Uh, no, I don't either. We have a list, but we don't know what airs next. <laughs> yeah, we don't. It's our show. Yeah. <laughs> uh, until then, we'll see you then. Uh, buy a t-shirt, buy a sticker. But most of all, Steph Morse. The Clopec Media Production. Like and follow them at Six Pack Double Feature Podcast on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Or buy a t shirt and sticker at Six Pack Double Feature Podcast.com. And wherever you pick six, pick six responsibly. It is vital that you stay in your homes, make no attempt to reach loved ones, and avoid all physical contact with the assailants.